Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Gonna pray. We have a really, really good God. I think Clayton thinks I'm a bit shorter than I am. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I'm not tall. Like he's tall, right? Obviously. I'm, but I'm a little taller than this. <laughs> so I might need some help. <laughs> Thanks. We did have a really nice pulpit, <laughs> but um, and uh, it got broke. But you know, we're temp- we're, we move in and out of buildings and move in and out of spaces. So some of the thanks, perfect. Some of the stuff just gets a bit ruined on the way. So even this is a bit ruined. So even on that, I am praying that we have our own geographical space soon something I think we'll still use here on Sundays but something over in Virginia Beach that can really just become a prayer house right and so worship and prayer can go up all the time and we can have meetings there and also like Friday night services there and just keep Sunday mornings here can you be praying for that with me Um, we really do need something that's like physically ours a physical address we need it and um, I know God knows that, and he's really good. And he did say this to me, because we spent a lot of time looking. We had a real estate agent looking with us. He did say this as I was driving out of our VSA space that was donated free the year, a year. Um, he said to me this, he goes, I have, a, I have a place for you. You're going to be really surprised, and you're going to love it. Just those three sentences. So pray on those three sentences, because that's words straight from the Holy Spirit are the things that we pray on right? We pray on the prophetic word. I have a space for you. You're going to be really surprised and you're going to love it. So, so pray, write it down. Someone like write it down and pray for that. Like add your faith to that too. Okay. So I'm going to pray right now. Um, thank you for this space. Thank you. This is an amazing space. We thank you for this. Thank you for this space in Norfolk. Thank you for your faithfulness over the years, even just providing space after space after space for us. Um, We're a new church, right? And so thank you. Thank you, God. And thank you for the beautiful people who who own this space. And um, we just pray that a great blessing on the business here, the Chef by Design. We do pray incredible blessing upon their business and upon their family for very generously opening this up for us. And um, God, thank you for your faithfulness into our hearts, into our lives every day. Thank you for your friendship. And I'm talk a little bit about friendship today, okay? Thank you for your friendship to us. Thank you for your friendship into our heart as an individual, but even collectively as a family. Your faithfulness is seen through your friendship and you want us to go so deep and so intimate with you, Jesus. And so we thank you for it. And we say yes to the invitation to you. We say yes to the humility. We say yes to the obedience that's required for the friendship. In Jesus' name, amen. So friendship is, is uh, I want to talk about being his friend and what it means to really be his friend is to be someone who's going to listen to his words and obey them, like every one of them. And I think that's where people stumble a little bit. It's hard to sometimes catch his words. It's hard to set aside our doubt. It can be hard to... Um, then when we do think we've got a word or, you know, to act on it personally or, or maybe it's to speak to someone else on what it is, it can be hard to just live it, speak it, obey it, declare it, 
whatever it is, right? Um, and I think... Uh, Actually, I'll start with this even. Um, we, do, we began a prophetic company um, called the Heavenly Radicals just a few months ago. We have a website with just information on it, but really what we do is we have a, a Tribe Jesus, it's called Tribe Jesus, is an app. And on that app, we have like a lot of learning. You can just click through small bites of information or click through a lot at a time. So it's like reading a book, right? You can read it fast, you can read it slow, but it's um, bite-sized pieces on the app and then interaction through the app. But once a month on a Sunday... Sorry, on a Saturday, once a month on a Saturday, we just met yesterday, on the first Saturday of every month, we meet and we're going to start meeting a bit earlier at 9 o'clock every first Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. And we're going to meet first to pray and to worship and then the second half, the second portion will be understanding the prophetic process. How do I get a word? How do I interpret a word? How do I deliver a word? How do I obey a word? What does it mean? Is it just for me? Is it for a whole congregation? Is it for a personal prophecy? Like Shelby over here was given a personal prophecy by Kim, but someone else was giving, um, Dave was talking about a prophetic word that really is affecting the whole nation. And so what do the different words look like? How do I deliver them? How do I live it? Right? And so that's what we've started this prophetic company for. And um, it's biblical because in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, they had prophetic companies. And what's the purpose? It's to train you how you can hear the voice of the Lord and how you can live according to the voice of the Lord every single day for yourself. And it's from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. It is the will of God for our lives that we be people who hear and obey His voice. The Hebrew word is shema or S-E-A, it's S-E-M-A in the Hebrew, but they say, we say in English, shh. Shema. It, it, it's the word for hear and obey. Together, they don't separate it. They just assumed if you're hearing God's voice, you're going to obey it because you know this one. And he's the almighty God. He's the king of heaven who created everything we can see, things we can't see. There's invisible things even in this room right now, things we can't see unless you're a seer and you can see into the spirit. And that's part of being prophetic. So in the New Testament, I love this. Only a couple of times this word is used. But the Greek word for obey, it's actually in Philippians 2, and it, it's with humility in the Philippians 2 section about humility. And it's talk, it talks about being obedient. Jesus' obedience to God meant that he went to death on the cross, all the way to death on the cross. And his obedience was such that he would not do anything that he didn't first see the Father saying, see the Father doing <laughs> and he wouldn't say anything that he wouldn't hear the Father saying. So he literally lived by what are you doing Holy Spirit? What are you doing Father? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? Every day it's a get up and I'm going to listen and obey to everything. But the word in the Philippians 2 section it's this, it's hupakus or hupaku. Now what that is is a ku is the word for ear, the Greek word for ear, or hear, put an H on the front of ear, hear, a ku, right? But the hupakus in Greek is hyper-listening in the New Testament. Isn't that great? I love that, hyper-listening. Our job is to be hyper-listeners like with everything we are, intention with all our heart, intention and pay the best attention 
to what the Holy Spirit is saying on any given day, on any given topic, on any given issue that you might come into, you know, be confronted with relationally, work-wise, in your own family, uh, in family, you know, relationships outside family, wherever you are. Hello, people from Florida, <laughs> Chris and Chris, I just saw you. Oh, oh, that just blesses my heart to see you guys. I probably need a new prescription. It took me that long. <laughs> <laughs> hyper-seeing, hyper I need hyper-seeing. So, um, we, need, we, need, we need to be hyper-paying attention is what it is. And Jesus said in um, Mark 4, he said, he said this, uh, what you pay attention to, you will get more of, right? And what, what, so what you pay attention to, so it's what you are paying attention to if it's God you're getting more of God into your life. If it's like scripture and you're going deep in scripture, you're going to reap more of that into your life and it's going to be changing you and transforming you and making more, you more into the image of Jesus. You're going to look like Jesus, feel like Jesus, taste like Jesus to all the people around about you because he's inside you in a bigger way, in an increasing way because you have set your heart to pay attention to who he is, what he's doing, what he's saying, to receive his love into your life and be transformed by it. Right? Yes, amen. Yes. So what I want to talk about is this is the prophets in the Old Testament, prophets in the New Testament, the prophetic process, and really what we have stepped into now, which is called in the New Covenant, the prophetic priesthood. That's a lot of Ps. Prophecy, prophetic people prophets, prophetic priesthood. It's a lot of Ps, but I'm, I'm not trying to do a really big lesson on everything to do with prophecy today. I really want you to understand you have been born again by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled, that's filled with God himself, has come to live on the inside of you. So now that makes you a, pro, a prophetic priest unto God. It makes you someone who can hear and obey the Lord for yourself. It makes you someone who should be hearing the words of God or seeing in the Spirit or knowing in your heart. There's many ways we can, we can receive revelation and live by this, right? It doesn't have to be hearing all the time because sometimes it's seeing. Sometimes it's just uh, revelation through the Word of God that's popping and exploding into your heart. Every single believer is part of the prophetic priesthood. So, so something Dave said earlier actually, I'm going to actually start there, back right back up to there. Dave stood up here and said uh, in 2020, in the beginning of COVID, here's little me going, it's all lies, it's all lies, don't wear a mask, and the vaccine is a bioweapon, don't get it. And I had to say that, I had to keep saying that, I had to keep saying that, and I had to keep saying that, because the Holy Spirit was telling me to. And so it didn't matter to me how many critics I had, it didn't matter to me who was telling me I was crazy. I had some church leaders telling me I was crazy and I should shut my doors. We didn't shut our doors. We kept meeting and we kept meeting more. In fact, we started doing big potlucks and sharing foods to really share and spread around germs. <laughs> the Holy Spirit told us to. We had to. Holy Spirit told us to. And it's much more important if you want to be a friend of Jesus Christ's to live obedient to his every word. I mean his every word. It's far more obedient, uh, far more better 
to live obedient to his every word because you become his friend and you learn what it means to be his friend in a very different way than someone who's just coming to church on Sundays and doing what the whole rest of the crowd are doing. The crowd bowed to the voice of the world. We need to be prophetic people who will listen to the voice of God and obey it above the voice of the crowd, regardless of what people around us are saying. It's not appreciated to live obedient to God. People do not like it. They killed every one of the Old Testament prophets. They killed Jesus. They killed John the Baptist in the New Testament and a lot of other people. They killed them because they lived obedient and they carried the words of God and spoke the words of God. Whatever they were told, they went and did it and they spoke it. And they were hated. And it's not popular. And so this is why I was backing up to the 2020. I'm going to take this off. It's like not even, didn't even get to 30 degrees yesterday, I think. And then today, <laughs> thanks. This is what happened in 2020. Well, I'm back, backing up. I'm just going to use this example. And it's so poignant. In 2020, sorry, 2013, the Lord said to me, um, there's a vaccine war coming in 2013. How do you process a word like that? I, I had to do that with the Lord on my own. 2013. There is a vaccine war coming. So in the end of, in the end of 2019, and the fires are happening in Australia, I'm just, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. 2020 happens, and China and Spain and Italy are blowing up with COVID, and the Lord started saying, all of this is lies. It's not that people weren't getting sick. But the basis and the foundation for the fear-mongering was all lies. And that's what God started speaking and saying, you've got to speak to the lies. You've got to deal with the lies. You've got to start speaking truth to lies, right? And we, as if we are going to be the friends of Jesus, we have to be people who are going to be obedient. He wants every one of us to be his friend. I think about this. Um, who, I mean, everybody in the room's probably had like best friends through their life growing up, young, you know, might change through the seasons of your life, who's in your life, but you've had best friends. And you know, you get excited when you're going to go have, meet up with your best friend, right? And you have in jokes. You have your best friend, right? right? We all do. We understand this. Jesus wants you to be like that with him. Jesus wants you to get excited about spending time with him, but he's really excited about spending time with you. He's so excited about spending time with you. There is this a phrase that just keeps going around in my heart is the friendliness of God. Friendliness. Friend. He's our friend. He wants to be so close and so intimate. He lives on the inside. Some of us just push it down and push it down and push it down and let it bubble up and become real in our lives. He wants to be so active and so real and so engaged with every single thing you do so that you do walk around having in jokes with God. Literally, that real, that you can have an in-joke with him. You can sit on the couch and you know your best friend is just sitting there with you, wanting you to engage, right? Jesus is often just sitting there right with you and sometimes we just don't remember. Sometimes we've just forgotten or we've just been too distracted or we've just listened to the voices of the world that actually cause more distraction. And so we've, we forget this one who's always with us and wants to be so intimately known by us, right? But what it takes is our intention to live really obedient. (laughs) 
There can be no casual kind of relationship with him. He, he wants all of you. He wants, he wants all of you. And there is a price to pay. There's a cost in this. There is a cost to this friendship. But when you recognize the exchange is that you just get more of him into your life, you go, oh my gosh, that was no price at all to pay. This was an easy thing to do. Because he's worth it. And his presence in your life and who he becomes to you becomes something you, you, I barely have words to talk about. I barely can have language to explain. You understand like the depth of love that you can have for someone and sometimes you don't have the words or the language even. He wants to be that for every single one of us, right? And here's what it takes. And I'm explaining, Dave spoke, what Dave said on the 2020. I've had to say a lot of things that were not received well, that have not been appreciated. But I knew I had to do it because I have a fear of the Lord in my life. Way more than I ever have a fear of people. The fear of every other thing, if there is fear in your life of any other thing, it's because there is a lack of the fear of the Lord in your life. I'll say that again. If there is worry, concern, wrong thinking, wrong wrestling over finances, wrong concern over what someone else might think, embarrassment, insecurity, if these things are active in you, it's because you, you yet do not have a right fear of the Lord in your heart. I understand there's levels of it and we're growing into it. I do understand that. But he wants to be your all. When he's your all and you will do and say and live obedient to him no matter what and no matter the cost, then the fear of anything and everyone else will so fade away. Literally, First John 4.17 says, perfect love casts out all fear, right? And so every bit of wrong fear is completely obliterated when the right fear of him comes into your heart. And that is the awesome and wonderful love and awe and worshipful fear of the Lord. We don't run in cower and hide from him when we fear him. We run to him. It's the difference, right? We, the fear of the Lord, the right fear of the Lord causes us to run to him greater, faster, more every day. You turn aside a lot quicker than you, in, than you would have just a year ago because you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, here's your whisper. Yes, of course, I want to peel off and, and draw aside and be with you. Of course. Loyalty to your best friend. Loyalty, think about this, loyalty to the one. What, is it, what does loyalty to Jesus look like? I want that to drop into your spirits. Like, what does is, what is loyalty to the one look like in, in your heart, in your daily conversations, in your home, with your spouse, with your family, your kids, how you're raising them? What does loyalty to the one look like? Jesus said, I don't have it in my notes, which is really funny. I don't need it. Um, in John 14, he said, um, he said this. He said, whoever obeys my commands, my father will love them. Whoever loves me, my father will love them. And we will come and make ourselves known. 
And he repeats it a couple of verses later. We will come, Father, Holy Spirit, and, and Son, right? We will come and make ourselves known. The Greek there is, actually, it's not just, you know, come and make yourself known and I can sort of have a casual relationship. Come and make ourselves known. It actually, from the Greek, it is, you will encounter us in ever-increasing ways. We will make ourselves manifestly known in a way that is undeniable to you. A little bit better in the Greek, right? He wants to make himself so real in your life, but it takes your decision to live like with an extreme devotion to him, like an extreme devotion to the Lord to live loyally to this one, this one person, live fully, fully devoted to this, just this one. And so you open yourself up to then the criticism for people who called me, and, and I wanted to answer a little bit today why I would do this. Why do you get religious in your pulpit? Um, sorry, not religious. Why do you get political in the pulpit? Why do you talk about political things in the pulpit? I want to answer that a little bit today. Um, just asking God which scriptures I should use first because I haven't even opened my Bible. I've been talking about scriptures, but I like to get you guys to open your Bibles too. So, <laughs> um, open your Bibles too. Open your Bibles to this. We're going to do Matthew 16. Being absolutely loyal to God means you'll, you'll, you, you open yourself to criticism, right? I'm going to explain some of the criticism. Matthew 16, 5, I'm reading from the NIV. Um, it says, Jesus said, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Down in verse 11, he repeats it. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then it says, then the disciples understood he was not telling them to guard against yeast in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? The actual, so he's using it as figurative. The yeast, what is the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Who were the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Like the Pharisees were the religious ones. The Sadducees were the elite leaders. He's talking about the religious spirit and the political spirit who work hand in hand to silence true uh, discipleship, silence true teaching, silence the true voice of the Lord. The religious spirit and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the political spirit work to silence those who are speaking truth into lies in culture. The religious spirit and the, and, the, and the political spirit stop the prophetic voice in you and try to convince you you don't have a voice. They try and silence God's truth in culture. Read here now. Uh, let's see. Mark 8.15, Jesus said, this time he said, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees. And this time he said, Herod, in Mark 15, uh, Mark 8.15, it says, watch out for the Pharisees, yeast of the Pharisees, and, the yeast, and, and that of Herod. Do you know that Herod was an installed king? Just like Biden is an installed, not voted for, not elected man. Just to, make, just to help people understand why I stand here and can say that so clearly, it's not because I'm looking at social media. It's not because I'm looking at other people's information online. It's because the, a week after the election and the whole nation's up in arms, on the 20... Well, it was more than a week. It was the 23rd of December. So it's quite a few weeks, isn't it? 23rd of December... Uh, almost at midnight on the 23rd of December, the Lord woke me up by yelling into my spirit, Junta! 
I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> Some of you do. <laughs> I, I, I like woke up because it was so loud, it woke me up. It was almost at midnight on the 23rd of December. And the Lord goes, he, he said it again, and then he said, this has happened in America. So people wonder why I state things like this. And, 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 and we'll keep stating things like this. And they say, they say, you've got to keep politics out of the pulpit, Romy, don't you know? The very, the very silencing of prophetic words is being political. If I were to just do what would keep people happy and fill chairs and, and let people feel comfortable and not talk about tough things and corruption at the highest level in our nation, that would be me being political. So the very accusation leveled at me is a great gaslight. Do you understand? I am being gaslighted by the very people who are being political because they won't stand for truth and what God's saying in the first place. Junta means a coup. A coup. We have a stolen election and a man who's illegitimately standing in this place. People do not want that to hear that in churches because it sounds like I'm trying to divide left and right. I'm trying to make a de Democrat thing and a Republican thing. I'm not at all. I'm actually telling you what God woke me up at almost midnight on the 23rd of December, yelling into my spirit and getting me to start looking what even a junta was. So, so that's the same reason... I had to speak about the bioweapon. It's the same thing. I'm not doing it to make people scared. I'm doing it to try and save lives. So then the accusation becomes this on the prophetic again, right? The accusation becomes, you're making people feel scared. I'm not making people feel scared. I'm trying to stop something very evil happening. <laughs> and if whoever will listen to God's words will be saved. And this is our whole biblical record is this, warning after warning, New Testament and Old Testament. It's warning after warning. We know that the prophetic in the New Testament increased in a way that everybody can prophesy. But we also know still what came from the Old Testament and the prophetic leaders still in the New Testament did the same things. It is warn people away from evil or warn people so that they can be prepared for evil. So Agabus in Acts 11, you can read about Agabus. He literally stood up in the church and said, there's going to be a famine. Get ready. Have your food ready. Prepare yourselves. And so we did that, <laughs> Clayton and I, because God was saying again to us back in 2020, just start gathering food. Not crazy. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm listening to God. I'm listening to what he's saying. And we're asking you, be prepared. Have what you need. Gather food. Have ways that you can grow your own food. Just be ready. It's a warning from the Lord, just like the Old Testament prophets and the, and the New Testament prophets. And we are all supposed to live by the prophetic voice. We are all supposed to receive God's word into our hearts. All of us. All of us. So it's not about, it's not about, the prophetic never goes along and makes people comfortable. There's one verse that says the prophetic is for, it's actually um, in 1 Corinthians 14. The prophetic is to edify, to comfort, to, to encourage, and to comfort. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, but there's an and. The prophetic warns and reasons with people and tries to get them to bump out of their life of sin and bump out away from following the world and carnal living and fleshly living so that we can walk straight into the plans and purposes of God. 
There's the both. There's the both. We must be people who can live to the Word of God and obey the Word of God. And daily, He'll be speaking to you. Daily, He'll be giving you instructions into your heart so that you can live victorious in this life. He wants you living victorious, but to do it, His victory looks very different to the world's. His justice looks very different to the world. His protection and provision can even look very different to how we might sometimes want to prescribe it. But if we will listen to his prescription, his prophetic word, he will make sure we are set up for great victory. And that's what this is. And so I do, I do sometimes get asked, you seem so political in your church. Are you okay with people not coming? Yes, I am. I don't know who yelled that so loud, but I'm really happy that I've had some people with me. <laughs> I don't, it's not, we're not being political by speaking God's words. The people who are being political are the ones who are doing whatever they can to keep bums on seats, to fill the building, to not offend anyone. That means going along with culture and compromising. I will not compromise what God has said. So... Huh? Oh, oh, bums on seats. Bum, bum. How do I? Butts. Oh, see, it's just nicer in Australian. <laughs> but bums, bums on seats. Fill seats, fill seats, fill seats. Make everyone feel comfortable. Don't say anything that ever offends. The truth is really offensive. Truth is so offensive, and it's not a bad thing. Jesus had to ask his disciples a few times, are you offended about what I've just said? Does this offend you? And he had to pull them out of their stew, mental stew, the mental gymnastics and the soup that they'd created to sit themselves down and not really believe and stay in the religious place that they had been grown up in. He had to keep saying things to chip away and peck away at the things that they were just uh, uh, living with because it's all they ever knew. Like, all we ever know is America has good and safe elections, and that's a lie. There's decades of corruption in the election process here. So, so but we, and then we're told, just trust, just trust all the experts. Just trust all the experts. Do whatever they're saying. Do whatever they're saying and be a good citizen. And, by the way, if you love your neighbour, then you will do it. That's manipulation. The Word of God doesn't want us to be manipulated by anything or by anyone. Deceit and lies is manipulation. Coercion is manipulation. The Word of God cuts through that stuff like, like butter, like a, like a hot knife melting away butter. Literally, that's what the, word, the truth of the Word of God and the prophetic Word is given to us to cut through all that stuff and show it like, like wax melting or butter melting with a hot knife, right? That is, that's literally why we have been given Scripture and the Word of God, uh, the, the prophetic Word of God, right? It's so that we would be strong on the earth, so that we would get up and follow the Lord and not back down and not cower to when the accusations come when really it's a gaslight, Literally that we'd stand up and live for God and not ever back down. Literally stand up and run toward the goal, run toward the prize. The purposes of God in your life need you to get up and become his friend and devote fully to everything he's asking you to do. When you devote to him, devote with an absolute loyal heart of uncompromising, I'm going to obey this one that I love, but it's actually worship. I'm going to obey this one that I love. Your life will become indestructible, just like Jesus, uh, Clayton, <laughs> just called you Jesus. 
<laughs> just like Jesus meant... Uh, <laughs> I just did it again. <laughs> I don't have an idol problem. It's okay. <laughs> just like Clayton was talking about the life of Jesus, the indestructible life. God's life in you, wants to, he wants to transform you so that your life is indestructible in the same way. Literally that you become impervious to the things that the enemy is trying to do. Impervious to his plots, impervious to his lies, impervious to his plans, impervious to his manipulation, right? And that's, that's discernment, like have discernment on the inside working when you're really um, close to his heart. You can really, so, so you counterfeit money, right? The counterfeit money people don't study all of the counterfeits around about the world. That'd be overwhelming. What they do is study the real thing, the authentic currency piece. And they are so well acquainted with the real piece of currency that when anything else even barely touches their hand, they go, oh, counterfeit, oh, counterfeit, oh. They can really just spot it real quick, right? We're supposed to be like that with Jesus that we so understand who he is and we're so well acquainted with his heart, we're so well acquainted with scripture and we're going deeper in scripture and deeper into his heart every single day. So counterfeits just quickly, you just go, oh, counterfeit, oh, counterfeit, oh, CNN counterfeit, oh, PBS counterfeit. We've been raised on PBS. We've been raised on ABC and CNN, right? And then we've been raised through a school system that taught us that they're good people, right? And what it's done... And, and some of them, many of them have been, so it's not a bad thing, but many of them are really not. And there is a very evil agenda right now. So, the, um, you know, childhood to now, to an adult, the school system and, and all of these things at play, really telling you and shaping you and forming you and forming your opinions... And what it does is when a piece of truth from the word of God or a prophetic word from God comes, you have this stronghold in you that just goes, well, that's not right. That can't be a bioweapon. I've got all the other vaccines and so they didn't hurt me. Of course, this one won't. And you actually push aside prophetic word because instead you've trusted in the worldly word. The worldly word, the words from the world, Baal prophets from the world have formulated in many, many people strongholds. And so when God's word comes, like Dave said, he actually, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. He was like, oh, some of the things she was saying was offensive. I didn't mean to do that. But as you, as you like, that's actually how truth, um, you know, when you have a big wrecking ball and it just starts to hit the building and it just like hits away and chips away at a thing. Like God, God's word in our hearts is like a great big wrecking ball to those old strongholds, right? God's word and the prophetic word, they're both two and we, they're both so vital God's word is like a great big wrecking ball into the wrong mindsets and the wrong strongholds that we all have in our heart and our thinking. All of us do. We have all of us the responsibility to be sitting with the Lord and sitting in Scripture daily so that he can um, uh, kick it out, obliterate it out of our hearts and out of our minds and put up the right strongholds, which is based upon the word of God and his truth. And those things, that's when you can read, when David talks about, I would run to you, God, because you're my refuge, you're my strong fortress. What he's meaning is in his mental heart and thinking attitudes, when something in his, into his world came that would um, uh, cause any kind of emotional upset or fear, if a thought, a fear or worry or 
concern, he ran a nation, right? So concerns, anything that would come to try and wreck his peace, he'd just run to that stronghold and that fortress in him that was, oh my God, I know who you are. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. All of the Psalms, you can start quoting, praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not any one of your benefits because he's looking at armies coming to raid him. And instead he turned to praise and worship and he land right on the, on, the, on, the, on the stronghold that is God. The rock, Jesus, by the way, in the rock. If you read, he's the rock of my salvation in Psalms. He's talking about Jesus, right? So, the prophetic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some scriptures through John. So if you do have your Bible, open up first to um, John 5. Verse 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works will these he show. Oh, greater works will he, yeah, so that you'll marvel. Now, now Jesus, Jesus came, Jesus is God. We don't know that, obvious, <laughs> obvious, that's why we're here today. Um, but um, God wants us to walk around the earth today filled with the same Holy Spirit doing and saying the same things and having doing the same ministry and living our life literally as if it's Jesus living on the earth today so that we can say the same thing. Whatever the Father does, Romy also does. You can put your name in there. Whatever the Father, he said, he said. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he's doing. You can put your name in there. The Father is showing me what he wants me to do. He'll show you in pictures. He'll show you in visions. He'll show you in dreams. He'll show you in, by speaking directly into your spirit. He'll show you by speaking through other people. He'll show you through scripture what you should be doing. He, he actually takes the initiative to do this with us. He takes the initiative to teach us how to listen to his voice and how to obey his voice. He takes that initiative. We've just got to say yes. So if I was to get someone up here and just say, say I don't know, Reese, come up here for a sec. So... I say, race. This is a thousand dollars. My phone, but this is a thousand dollars. Do you want a thousand dollars? Sure, take it. It's yours. You're going to run away and not look back. So I've just given her a thousand dollars, right? You understand this concept of someone's not going to go. No, nah, I don't want your thousand dollars. You're not going to do that, are you? Well, think about you. Thank you. So think about this. If the Holy Spirit is there every day, offering the same kind of thing to you, His friendship. And some of us are standing there going, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little hard. You're a little hard. I'm doubting that you really want to give it to me. I don't really know that I can hear your voice. But he's the one taking the initiative to make sure we do. I don't know that you really want to know me that like that. I doubt that maybe someone else who's better. And we make up all of these excuses in our lives. We make up every, every kind of excuse, like line upon line upon line of excuse as to why he really wouldn't want you as a best friend. But literally, he's like standing here going, come on, just take this gift. It's Holy Spirit in you. 
to make your life an incredible success and help you run at all the purposes of God. And we're like looking at the gift going, I don't know, is it really for me? Is it really for me? This friendship, is it really for me? And some of us are like, do I really want it? Do I really want it? The cost seems so big. And Jesus, I said earlier, right? I said earlier there is a cost. And even Jesus said there is a cost. There is a cost. But Jesus said like this. He said, but those of you who have not left fathers and mothers and brothers will, will, will not fail to earn 100 times, up to 100 times more in this life and in the next. The exchange, the cost that we pay is so extremely minimal in comparison to what we get from the Lord, right? And his friendship, his friendship is what we were created for created to be like Adam in the garden, walk, walking with him every day. And, you know, the cool of the breeze, that cool breeze, that was the Spirit of God. Like Adam, we were created even today to live and be redeemed to such a place. We have that same kind of intimate relationship, unbroken fellowship with him. It's, it's, what, it's what he wants for you. We're the ones who kind of put the brakes on. I'm going to read John 6 now, same, same book, just flip over a page maybe. John 6, 45. It is written in the prophets, they all will be God taught. Jesus said that. He was quoting Isaiah 54, verse 13, where it just says the same thing. All their children will be God taught. And, and in Acts chapter 2, Isaiah was prophesying to Acts chapter 2, the moment when the Holy Spirit came. Okay, so the Isaiah 52, 54 verse for the Acts chapter 2. And Jesus was saying, very soon, you all will be God taught. Acts 2 says, in the last days, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they all will prophesy all, all, doesn't mean anybody's left out, right? There's no room for anybody being left out. God does not discount us. Anybody in this room, God does not discount you at all. It just takes you saying, like, like, a, like with Reese, she just took my phone, right? It just takes you, just the way Reese said, yeah, yeah, I'll take, yeah, yes, I want the gift. It's mine. And then walk in it. That's called faith. Back into John. I'm going to read a few more John scriptures, okay? John 7, 16 says, just remind, keep, tuck this in your thinking. This is how we're to live too. Tuck it in your thinking. My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. God has places to send you. God has things for you to say and do where he sends you. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth and there is nothing false about him. We all can live this way. He's calling us all. The invitation is there every day. You've just got to step up and go, yes, 
Yes, I want this friendship. Yes, I will live devoted. Yes, I will live loyal to you. Yes, I will say and do all the things you want me to say and do. And it doesn't matter what anybody else around about me is ever going to say because I know what you're saying about me and you love me. Amen? John 8, this time, again, just going, flipping pages. John 8, 28. I do nothing on my own, but I speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Like, we can live this way. The Holy Spirit is in you to help you to live this way. Holy Spirit is in you to live so that you can say, I always do what pleases the Father. You're empowered to do this by the Holy Spirit, who is God and has come to live in your heart and has brought all of his empowerment that you need so that you can live to please God. We are not left on our own. He asks us to do sometimes some really hard things, but we are not left on our own. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that helps us get up and run and do it. God on the inside of you helps you get up and run and do it. John 8, 38. I've stuck this verse in here too. He's speaking to the Pharisees and he says to the Pharisees, you are looking to kill me because you have no room for my word. You're looking to kill me because you have no room for my word. And that is what the prophetic has suffered for 2,000 years. We're at a time in the earth where unless you learn to live obedient and live prophetic, we could lose this thing. I don't think we will because I know that God has a lot of people (laughs) on his side. It's a... Like the, the whole world is teetering. Nation after nation is. And you, we don't get it in through our media, but there's multiple nations in South America. There's multiple nations in um, parts of Asia and multiple nations in um, parts of, uh, um, in Europe. And they're rioting on the streets every day. We're just not seeing it on our news because our news lies to us every day. You should not watch any news, and I'm including Fox. Fox is not your friend. (laughs) They might have one or two people that are honest and the rest are all lying, all of them, giving you the agenda of the deep state. The deep state are made up of Satanists and they are running things. But right now, God is destroying their plans. And God is destroying their plans because bold, brave people have got up and stood up and faced them. So there's a lot of people doing a lot of very good work in the background and we're not finding about it because the media will not publish that because it's not popular, it's not going to earn them votes and it certainly won't have either Republican or Democrat people back in office. Both parties are disintegrating. And they need to. We need... Well, it's happening. We are being reformed. We are being renewed, reformed, and purified. And, and you can say yes to all that God has for you in this process, or you can make it hard on yourself and put the brakes on God and be dragged to it. <laughs> Don't be dragged to it. It's painful. <laughs> 
Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to him. Say yes to devotion. Say yes to fully, fully yielding and submitting your whole life to him. Jesus said in 8, 40, John 47, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. God wants to speak directly into your heart about the plans that he has for you, your purpose, your position, and the job that you need to do. Everybody has a different job to do. You can't look at someone else and go, oh, that looks too hard, because it's not even your job, right? The job that he has for you, you've been specifically created, created to do. And he's, again, Holy Spirit's on the inside, and he will empower you into it. All of the plan and purpose for God that he has for you, he has given everything. You have been equipped because not on your own merit, but on Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you to bring everything that you need to fulfill God's plans in your life. All of the heroes in the Bible, this was their story. And God wants you to be a hero like that. You need to put your name in those places where you read about those heroes. Because God has plans for you in this earth and at, at this time. Because he has plans and purpose for you and things that you can run with and he has equipped you. And you'll find, you'll find it's the very things that you already love to do. Because he puts those desires in our hearts in the first place. He puts the desires in our hearts so that we can run at the thing that we love and then realize, oh my gosh, this was you all along. You've wanted me to be doing this. And the, 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 the most amazing fulfillment and joy and, and then it's, it's more reinforcement of the friendship comes. Does that make sense? Uh, Dave earlier read from Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 17 down to the finish of the chapter. Here's some more from Jeremiah chapter, Jeremiah this was warning. I'm going to read two verses of warning. In 1723, it says, They did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and would not listen or respond to my discipline. And there's a lot of people in the church today just like that. We can't read the Old Testament on the New Testament. Think, well, it's 2,000 years ago. Well, it's 3,000 years ago. We do the same things today. So he's saying, They did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff necked and would not listen or respond to my discipline. In Jeremiah um, 32, verse 33, it says, They turned their backs to me and would not face me. The presence of the Lord in the Old Testament, the word for the presence of the Lord is to live face to face before the one we love, God. Face to face in continual, unbroken friendship and intimacy. That's the presence of God in the Old Testament. It's how they understood the presence of God. So face to face, God is saying right here, they turned their backs and they wouldn't live face to face with me. They chose to walk away from my presence, is what he's saying. They would not listen or respond to my discipline. And I have to say, the Lord is disciplining his church right now. And it's a very painful discipline because people are realizing they believed a lot of lies and they lived by a lot of lies and they took something into their arm that they should never have taken. But there's great forgiveness for that. And I've already prayed with quite a lot of people who've got a lot of freedom. One guy got healed from a issue that was direct directly an issue from the injection. There's a lot of healing and there's a lot of grace, 
But there is that giving way in our hearts. There has to be the giving way in our hearts. God, I will live according to what you're saying. I will live according to your word. I will live obedient to everything you're asking me to do. And even if that means shutting off all of the other voices, and sometimes there's millions of them, which there was over this issue, shutting off all those other voices so that I can listen just to your voice. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God delights to make his secrets known to us. Amos 3.7 says, it's this, it's a, I, the father, it's like the father is talking through Amos the prophet and he goes, he goes, I just forgot it. <laughs> just, I just forgot it. He goes, oh, oh, uh, of, the, the, of course, the father tells his servants, the prophets, all his secrets. It's Amos 3.7. And then in John 15.15, 15, it says, I no longer call you servants because in the New Testament, we've been brought into the new covenant and we're called his sons and daughters. But also, John 15.15, 15, I no longer call you servants. I now call you my friends. A friend, a loyal friend, does what the Lord wants them to do. When it's not popular, when it's on, it's going to earn you a lot of hate sometimes but nothing new under the sun it happened to the old testament prophets but if you can if you can say yes to jesus and you can say yes to this friendship and you can say yes to devotion and you can say yes to really living loyally to him fully submitted to him he will come into your life in bigger and bigger and bigger ways every single day and he will make himself so known to you he'll blow your socks off that's what he wants to do that's what I want to pray on now, okay? Anybody saying yes to this friendship, I just want you to stand to your feet. Don't even wait. Jump to your feet. It's loyal friendship. You're saying yes to loyal friendship. Yes to devotion. Yes to loyal friendship. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your uh, willingness to respond like that is all he looks for. Do you understand? All he, all he asks is our yes, and then he rushes to us with all the power and everything we need to do it. Do you understand? Like, all he needs is our, our, our heart posture to just go, yes, I want you. And he runs. He runs to us, and he makes himself known. And he promises for the person that obeys him and the person that loves him, he's promised. I've already read it from um, John 14. We, as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we will come and make ourselves known to you. Ask him that right now. Make yourself known to me, God. Make yourself known. So real, so undeniably real. Make yourself known. Engage your heart with this right now. Like Literally let your faith rise for this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Well, today, God, we declare we want to live God-loyal lives. We declare we want to live as laid-down lovers of Jesus Christ. 
we declare we're going to live every day, every moment of every day, devoted to your heart, devoted to your purposes, living to listen to your every word, living with a faith that's going to capture everything you're trying to say to us, living with a faith that's just going to say yes to all that you're asking us to do. In Jesus' name, we devote ourselves today, Father, and I pray such blessing over here, over people. Just stand there, maybe put your hands up because that's the international sign of um, surrender, right? Um, Jesus, like lift them high, higher because because it's surrender. It's yes, I am surrendering everything, nothing held back, nothing held back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I know that you see people's hearts here right now. You see every one of the hearts here right now. You know everything about us. The good and the bad. You know our thoughts that are got questions. You know our thoughts that might have doubt. You know our thoughts that have a lot of joy and emotion attached. You know our thoughts that are, um, maybe I did something last week that doesn't earn my place here. You know all of that about us. I just pray right now, surrender the thinking, especially if it's any wrong thinking that might start to doubt, self-doubt or hinder. Surrender that now. Just literally give it over to God. Just, and as you do that, he pulls it out of us, all of the unbelief. We surrender any unbelief right now. We surrender it all. And now God... Pour down, I pray. Pour down on people right now. Pour down on people right now. Let your presence fall on hearts like fire falling on hearts right now, Jesus. Fall, fall, God. Fall, God. Let some people feel a burning in their heart like your heart rate just raised a couple of beats. Maybe some other people are actually hearing him speak to your heart. Maybe some other people are saying, I'm still not sure. Just keep your heart engaged, all right? Just for another moment. Firefall, 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 firefall. Come burn away all the things that have been displeasing to you, Jesus, and our heart and our thinking. Come consume and burn away like chaff, like blow it away. The stuff that we've just lived with, and settled in with and and let it become our normal. Wrong habits that have allowed us to move our heart away from yours, even even just by a degree or two. Burn that stuff up so we can really sense just that push right back into your heart. The word says that those that draw near to the Lord, like he draws even nearer. I do pray, God, seal this in people's hearts right now. Their devotion, you see it, you see it, you see. I just, um, he can, he, he's so pleased. He's so pleased with you. You have to know, he's so pleased with you. The Father in heaven is so pleased with your life. And so I pray, seal these words of this message. Seal these words of this devotion and let people feel your pleasure, God, even in the next couple of days, this afternoon. Let them just feel your pleasure. Let them know you as that close, personal, intimate friend. And I pray, I pray that you'd be literally just like bursting into people's worlds with revelation, burst into their worlds with words, with pictures, with visions, with revelation out of your word and revelation straight from the spirit, with wisdom on how to do all of the things that you're asking us to do, all of life, 
just burst into people's words, world. And I pray, God, that it be loud and something that we can't ignore. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Yeah, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.